0: As we finish our little time together at the camp, now for those joining us, um, we've just been talking about the Holy Spirit and we've been talking about why the Holy Spirit's important and we've been talking about uh, the gifts of the Spirit a little bit yesterday and we're going to explore that a little bit more in coming weeks. But I just want to talk about um, a couple of things around the Holy Spirit. And the main idea that I want to share is this, when you choose to allow the Holy Spirit into your life, life becomes a lot more adventurous a lot more of an adventure and there's just lots of um bored christians out there um who just are really and so if christianity if you know this whole holy spirit stuff isn't part of your dynamic at a certain point you're going to plateau and it's going to be pretty early and and then it's like you might as well you know there's a lot of i think we all struggle with this where it's like we want to follow jesus but then like because we don't have some stuff happening in our lives often. We just do what everyone else does in the world and try and find our value and you know money and whatever. And it's like, but actually, no. When you choose the Holy Spirit, it's like, man, life gets very exciting and um, and scary sometimes, but really fun. <laughs> uh, and you come alive when you choose to allow the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus, um, I love the passage, and we probably need to preach on it. We need to do a whole series probably on like. Don't worry about tomorrow and what it's going to bring. And don't pursue all the stuff that you know, the other people pursue. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's so much in that Matthew 6 passage that speaks to the anxiety of our day and the rush and stress of our day and the busyness of our day. And Jesus is like, chill, chill. Uh, and, but then he's like, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will find their right place. Because they're not bad things. They're good things. You know, like it's good we enjoy good food and and holidays and all that sort of stuff, but they're not meant to be the main thing. And when God's the main thing, those things find their right place and they're just so beautiful and rich. But if they're the main thing, then we're constantly striving for a little bit more because it never quite satisfies and that's the story of our culture, stuck in this rat cage of trying to get a little bit more, or never quite satisfied. Jesus turns up, and you start getting satisfied. And then holidays get even better, you know, and food gets even better. And my home theater—I just, at times, I just am like, "This is so great," you know. And we just get to enjoy what God's given us, and and uh, and really bask in that. Um, but ultimately, being a Christian is following Jesus and doing and doing our best to do what Jesus did. Now, I just want to, again, put a big asterisk here because some of you guys just need to tune out and just the Holy Spirit just needs to minister to you. Because there's a season in your life where you just need to get healing. And so I want you to ignore my message today because I'm going to preach to those who, who aren't in a season where 90% of what they need is just he- you know, healing. Some of you guys are in that space. It's like life has been so tough that all you just need to do is sit and heal. And so this is going to be a bit of a go team talk for the Christians that are... Uh, mostly okay. <laughs> Everyone's a bit of a mess, but you know, <laughs> mostly okay. Um, but for some of you guys just just sit and even just allow the Holy Spirit is on to and just to minister to you. There's no don't put expectations on yourself or anything like that. Just sit and heal. But ultimately God is gonna bring you to a place of wholeness where you can start just doing what Jesus did. We follow Jesus. Like that's the role of the Christian. It's not to believe in Jesus the demons believe in Jesus. It's to follow Jesus. It's to do what he did. It's to fo- and who do we follow? This is why reading the Gospels is good. We don't follow some boring Ned Flanders guy. Like culture makes Christianity look lame. And the, then it's, well, Jesus must be lame if that's who they're following. And Jesus is anything but lame and boring. And he's nothing like Ned Flanders. Like it's just not his style at all. He's completely dangerous and wild. He's crying. Uh All right, here we go. Good. He's crying one minute. He's knocking over tables the next. He's showing courageous compassion to a fallen victim one day, and cursing hypocrites the next. He's blasting Pharisees for having such a narrow view of adultery. One minute and then the next minute he's sitting down with the woman, forgiving her after she's been caught in adultery. It's like you cannot... uh, The New Testament continually describes that the crowds responded to Jesus with amazement. This is who we follow. Uh, William Barclay, who's this New Testament scholar, that you, an old, old, older guy um, did now, but um, he wrote a whole lot of New Testament scholars. And he, um, he said, you know, Jesus calls himself the truth. And he says that the word used for truth has three different meanings in the New Testament in terms of how the people would use that word, the truth, back in the day. It was a word used to describe a wrestler grabbing an opponent by the throat. A word meant to flay an animal. And a word used to describe the humiliations of a criminal who was paraded in front of a crowd with a dagger tied to his neck at its point under his chin so he could not put his head down. And he's like, this is what, what truth is like. <laughs> he's like, it grabs us by the throat, it flays us wide open and forces us to look into the face of God. Like this is who Jesus is. And uh, unfortunately many of us who have been entrusted with the terrifying, frightening good news and become obsessed with making Christianity safe. But Christianity isn't faced. We've defanged the tiger of truth. We've tamed the lion and we make Christianity sensible and acceptable and palatable. But it's just not. I can tell you, man, after the adventure that we've had coming up to Napier, which is very small in the context of church history and all the amazing things that people have done, but our little journey of faith, it's like he's not safe, but man, it's wild and fun. And it's not easy, but oh my gosh, you feel alive as you choose to follow him. Mike Ye yeah, Canelli, one of my favourite um easy to read authors. You know how you've got like these like into your right and there's like oh you're waving through stuff. Uh, and then you've got Mike Iaconelli, who's just like writing to teenagers, and i like, that's me. And so he's like this. He's like, I would like to suggest that the church become a place of terror again. A place where God continually has to tell us to fear not. A place where our relations with God is not simply about belief or doctrinal theology. It's God's burning presence in our lives. I'm suggesting that the tame God of relevance be replaced by the God whose very presence shatters our egos into dust burns our sin into ashes, and strips us naked to reveal the real person within. The church needs to become a gloriously dangerous place where nothing is safe in God's presence except us. Nothing, including our plans and agendas and priorities and politics and money and security and comfort, possessions or need. And I just think, I just read that and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> where's the next hill I could take to Jesus? You know, time like, me up, let's go. Um, but it, and obviously, you know, we can get all frothed up on a Sunday morning, but it's it, life is meant to be an adventure with Jesus. There's a lot of mundane, but there is a lot of... It's meant to be an adventure of, with Jesus. And, you know, it never gets easier choosing Jesus. It just doesn't. I thought, you know, like you choose to follow Jesus, which is a big step of faith and costs you a lot, and you think, that's the biggest thing I'm going to have to do for Jesus. It's just like, it's the beginning, and it's the easiest. It's like... You know, I remember when we moved up here, it was just like, I thought it was tough, you know, when you're um, single or married without kids to make tough decisions for Jesus. When you've got a mortgage and three children, and you're moving, you know, and these guys then had a force one to create the crazy kids. Um, and, you know, and you're having to live by faith, in our case, where it was like we had supporters and dribbles of income and stuff, and you're still trying to pay a mortgage. And, you know, it's been like mental and constantly God's been like, no, it's it's gonna be okay. But we had this these moments when me and Jen were, you know, moving from Christchurch where it felt so pure because if we're all his. Like it was all him. It was like, mate, if you don't come through, we are really screwed. <laughs> we are really screwed. I've never planted a church before, no idea how to do this thing, you know, we don't know how the money's gonna work out, we don't know where we're gonna live, we're gonna don't know where the kids are gonna to go to school, we don't know if anyone's gonna come, blah blah blah. And it was terrifying. And yet we knew God was in it. And obviously our faith has been really built because here we are in this very beautiful community that's strong and healthy and, and lovely and growing in all the right ways. And it's, it's, I mean, it's so inspiring. But um, but I, I want to keep us in that place of life. We want to keep choosing an adventure as a church and as individuals that we choose this adventure with God, that, a kingdom, that we seek first the kingdom of God. And so, uh, I want to talk about um, how that, like, how do we step into that a little bit more. Uh, because there's a number of things that Jesus does with his disciples that's really interesting in terms of growing them, growing their capacity for adventure with him. So that by the time he returns to heaven and sends his Holy Spirit... The guys are, are prepared to live a life of adventure with him. But when Jesus encounters the disciples, at first they were just normal dudes doing normal jobs with normal lives. And God, over three, Jesus over three years, transforms them into men and women who uh, go on to change the world as they live this this life of adventure with him. And one of the um, Ways that we kind of want to help us get our heads around this Is there's three different kind of places we can live our lives One is um, the comfort zone Oh Just even, even saying it Just such a great zone um, The stretch zone Which is where we grow But then there's the break zone Where we just bite off way more than we can chew Or just try and run way too far Before we're ready And it's, it's detrimental to us um, and Jesus was constantly bringing his disciples to this place of a stretch. Now the beautiful thing with God is that uh, what's maybe my comfort will be your stretch and vice versa in certain areas of your life. So there's certain things where it's like, man, doing that is a stretch for me, but that's just comfortable for, for others. And they need to, to move into a new place where they begin stretching some stuff. Does that make sense? So, um, one of the times... Talking about breaks, so me and my best mate Nick, who lives in Palmy, um, we decided we'd go tramping uh, and we hadn't done any tramping. <laughs> we're done like a couple with dad, but we're like old enough to go on our own, so we're like, just go tramping. And so we just really underprepared, you know, s- sneakers and, you know, just like, just, just through, you know, 18 lines, throw stuff in a bag, sweet ass, get up the hill, you know. And so we're going on the Rumataka Ranges uh, field hut up to our uh, dream to climb hut, for those that know the rangers around there. And um, and so it's in the Otake Forks. And we got to field hut just three, three and a half hours in or something. And it was like, feeling good because it's a pretty easy track and all the rest of it. But from field hut to climb hut is a bit of a push. Like, it's pretty challenging. And so... Uh, and it started snowing, because it was winter, of course. You know, that's when we decided to go for our tramp. <laughs> and, but we're determined to get to climb Hut. And so we're, like, we're tramping along, and then it's under snow, and we're slipping everywhere, and it's really steep. And, like, and I was really struggling. Like, I'm hurting everywhere, and it's, like, we're falling over all the time. And we're, like, only about, I don't know, maybe half an hour, an hour away out of the field hut. And then And Nick was really quiet. And then, like, at this one point, Nick... <laughs> just collapses on the ground and just starts smashing the mountain, saying, I don't want to die on this epic mountain I don't want to die on this epic mountain I don't want to die and I was like, whoa <laughs> I was just kind of... and I was and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to eat it <laughs> and I was like then, like, he's like, we've got to make it to calm up, though. We've got to make it. I'm like, no, nah, man, we're going to go back to field up. This is stupid. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had this argument. I don't want to It no, With those real heated, like, emotional moment. And then it was like, and eventually I, we convinced him. You know, I think I convinced him, Like because he was irrational. Man. He wasn't thinking, like, bro, we should just go back to field up, which we did. And uh, was, But that's like an example of just being stupid. That's break zone. That's classic. Like, and the danger of when we follow Jesus sometimes, it can be like, we can get inspired by radical stories of faith and go. I'm going to go out and you know prophesy on the you know in the cafe tomorrow. You know we go to conferences and we all go. And then it's like and it's just like no, you know like Jesus's way was always to begin where you're at. And just to begin stretching you. And begin, and so it begins with the obedience of little things, Jesus says. And as you're faithful with little things, he begins to give you a little bit more and a little bit more. But it's always that obedience to, to step into that uncomfortable stretch zone. So if you look at the progression uh, they entered, uh, it's really interesting. Initially, the disciples predominantly just watched Jesus do it, which is a stretch zone enough. Honestly, it's like when you come to meetings, like even just what some of you guys heard with Steve's testimony and us praying for Kath and all that, but some people like, that's a stretch zone for you, flirting with break, <laughs> flirting with the break zone. It's like, oh, boy, really? Like, whoa, you know? And just being in an environment like that's good for you. It stretches you. You know, I mentioned yesterday this prophetic guy, Sean Bowles, who's an, a, uh, written a great uh, book called God's... Maybe something like that Beautiful book on the prophetic But again If you want to stretch your faith Just have a look at his Facebook page With his prophetic words He's very ordinary He's not like a razzle dazzle sort of guy Which I like I'm not a big He's an American guy So I'm not a massive fan of the razzle dazzle You know it's not my vibe Just very Dresses just like a normal dude And you know Talks normal But he's just unbelievably accurate With his prophetic words I mean names birth dates, You know um, And Sometimes he gets it wrong and he talks about that, but, but he is so accurate, it's freaky. And I look at this, and I'm like, you know, skeptical pants is like, oh, mate, he's probably got some boys with little headphones on and, you know, listening to conversations at the conference. That's just not what's happening. Genuinely, God is speaking to him to encourage saints. And you can, we can get enamored with gifts like that and make the pursuit of the gift greater than the pursuit of the gift giver. So we've got to be careful. We go, oh, I want that. But the, my point is that it starts with these small things and grows. And my point is that we sometimes just get in environments where we watch stuff happening and it grows our faith. Yeah. And so that's what the disciples did initially. They just watched what Jesus did, and it, it, it grew their faith big time. It's like whoa, like water to wine straight out the bat. Not bad. Sign me up, you know, sweet yeah. as party time, um, you know, or uh, to the point where they began to do ministry with Jesus. Um, and Jesus would partner with them and be like, all right, guys, we've got to fight, feed the 5,000. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And he's like, no, you guys do it. Well, no, no, how we'll do you know, it. Like, no, no, you can, so I'm here with you guys. You just, just, keep, just grab what you can. Just grab what you can. You know, just over it over. All right, let's go start handing it out. I was handing it out. Yeah, you guys hand it out. But <laughs> Just kind of going on for these guys as they start handing out uh, this, to the point where Peter is—they're uh, on this boat one time, and, and the disciple Peter's looking at Jesus, who's walking on water to meet them. As you do, you know, like primo man. Uh, and Peter's like, mate, you know, call me out, I'll come. Like, All right, come on, Peter, you know. And he come. Peter steps out of the boat because it's got to the point where Peter was wild. I like, you know, Peter's awesome. But Peter's like, I, I've seen you do this. So, I want to do some stuff too. Let's do it. And, and, and he goes out, you know, and then he takes his eyes off Jesus and gets a little bit like, what's going on? What am I doing? that But what we don't realise with the, the, that story is that Jesus grabs him by the hand and they walk back to the boat together. Yeah. I mean, I've that, out on that for years. That would be in every sermon illustration you've ever heard. I'd be mean, right. like, That's means Jesus sometimes walking on the water back to the boat. And again, we always—it's like reading a text message. In that particular passage, Jesus says, "Oh, you have little faith." And we can read it like a text, message. Oh, you little fake little monkey, you didn't do it." It's like mate, Jesus never talked like that. I mean, he's talking to Pharisees, he's talking to his buddy Peter. It's like, mate, you have little faith, bro. Come on, man. It's me. Just keep your eyes on me, bro. We're all good, you know. And and Peter spoke to the point where. In Luke ten, Jesus says to his um, to his uh, disciples, "All right, time to go and have a mission trip to go." So he's constantly stretching them, and he's you know he frames it beautifully. Um, You know, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Heck, Mum! All right, guys. You know, it's like (laughs) I mean, of course, by Jesus is saying it to you. I want you to go and just do some of the stuff that I've been doing. I want you to pray for the sick. I want you to heal uh, those that are demon possessed. I want you to do all that sort of stuff. Now, God, I'm sending you out as among the wolves. But you can do it. You're, you're all good. You're ready. And that's their first trip without Jesus. And they come back frothing. Because I've just seen God at work in the same way they saw Jesus at work. And um, and so this is the big, uh, this, is the, this is the epic call of God is to, for us to go into places where we feel stretched. And so um, I want to just... Give some space this morning to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us about what that might look like. Because um, we've talked about the gifts. This isn't exclusive to the gifts. But it is a good good reminder when it comes to the gifts to go, I want to get back into that stretch zone. For for the evangelists, I want to get back into that stretch zone where it's a little uncomfortable, but it's not beyond what I'm capable of where I'm stepping out a little bit, maybe with um, people that with prayer or whatever it may be, or words of knowledge or prophecy. We're going to get back into that stretch zone. But not exclusively with the gifts. It can be what, um, with your devotional life. I'm, you know, We're going to bang this drum just constantly. But let's develop such a strong private world with Jesus. Because the measure of your anointing, in terms of how your life and your gifts will be the measure to the strength of that private world with Jesus. That's it. He's the anointed one. And we get anointed when we hang out with the anointed one. And we just spend time with him. And so some of us need to go back to a stretch zone with our... I'm speaking to myself here. I want to get back to a stretch zone with my devotional life. What's my stretch zone will be someone's comfort zone and will be someone's break zone. So it's just... Perfect. I love the way that the Holy Spirit is so personal. Just knows exactly what's right for the next click for me, but reading the words—you know—are you, know, are, you read, are you in the word dailies? Particularly if you want to have, like Jim was saying, if you want to hear the voice of God, or if you want to give words of knowledge or anything prophetic, you just have to know the Word of God. Because the more you get to know the Word of God, the more accurate you're going to get on your prophetic words. Because you're going to know His heart as you soak in His written word. Um, and so, let's just commit to continue to be in that sort of stretch zone. Um, when it comes to prayer, you know, I love, you know, Jesus, um, you know, these, all these little moments in Scripture, this is 1 in Mark 1 verse chapter 1, verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place, place where he prayed. Like, some of us got to get back to a stretch zone, you know, to a little bit more of a radical prayer life. You know, I remember, um, and this, this depends on your stage of life, you know. But before I was sleep-deprived <laughs> Uh, perpetually and and, and currently, um, before children is what I'm trying to say. Is um, uh, you know there was these times when we were like teenagers with our youth group and stuff, we'd go out to the forest um, uh, out of Waikanae and um, and would make a big bonfire and we'd just pray all night, you know, and we'd just be around. Us. It was real cool, you know, it was like with guitars and. Bonfire and and we just pray all night. We pray for the city and we pray for our friends. We pray for our schools and we pray for one another. And uh, you know, I just I just remember those times fondly because it felt radical and I felt like, oh man, I'm not just you know I'm not I'm not a boring Christian. I'm radical (laughs) because I've got a bonfire and it's one in the morning and we're still going. And you know, um, and but some of us it's like, man, let's come back to the you know we've had those moments and. I can't do bonfires all night. I'll pay for it for a month in terms of grumpiness, and, and my wife would, would leave me, and it would just be, you know. I can't do that these days. It would be really unwise. It would be silly. But, um, but you know, there's things that we can take back to that. We would come back to that place where I'm growing and I'm getting stretched by God. He loves it when we're in that place. Ultimately, it comes down to obedience. It all boils down to obedience. And, you know, there's lots of love languages that... You know, there's five love languages people theorize, you know. God you know, God's love language is obedience. If you love me, you'll keep you'll obey my commands. It, like God's love language is obedience. And so sometimes, you know, if you want to just love him to bits, just be obedient and he'll just and he'll lead you into places where you get stretched a bit and stretch lines aren't comfortable. It's a little scary and it can be but you grow and you come alive and it's so good for your soul. And, uh, and you get a little fire back in your eyes because you're like, I'm just living radically for him. And so I just would love us to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to um, speak to us about what that could look like. Um, maybe it's to pray for someone for the very first time because you haven't done that. Maybe it's to once more commit to just read the Bible regularly. Maybe you want a new gift from God, you want to activate that. Or maybe you want to give a prophetic word for the first time to somebody and you're a bit scared, but you're like, I'm going to do it, God, I'm going to do it. And these are the moments. I know that there's danger in like, making decisions in moments of inspiration like this. But there's also, it can be a wise place to make a decision because sometimes we get clarity that we get in these moments because of the word and the worship and all of that, where we get a clarity we don't have in the fog of normal life. So sometimes it can be good to make decisions, radical decisions in these moments where it's like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But let's let the Holy Spirit lead us in terms of what that looks like. So let's just stay seated because if I ask them to stand, I'm going to sit down anyway. 9% of you to be a camp or a week in a little time. But let's just, as we finish this morning, just ask the Holy Spirit, just to lead us into a new place of boldness and courage and obedience as we move into places that maybe stretch us a bit farther. We just acknowledge you're here with us. Thank you, Jesus, that we follow you. You're not tame, you're not safe, but uh, you're a lot of fun, and uh, you bring us to life. And ultimately, you are safe you lead us to dangerous places sometimes and so lord i just ask that you would uh, this morning uh, just come and by your spirit lead us into places where we would really grow and that would be stretched and forgive us lord we love the comfort zone we love the couch we love just um you know just being really capable and sorted and all that lord lead us to places we feel a bit uncomfortable so that we can grow For some of us, we need to, to, you know, just sense for some of us, things like Sabbath rest. Like we just are addicted to our busyness, and it's a bit of a stretch, but God wants to slow us down and that we'd honor the Sabbath and have just a one day that's just replenishing, refreshing. it's a day of rest. And so it's not all about doing things. Sometimes it's about not doing things in obedience to God. just, then I just felt the Holy Spirit plonk that in my little head for someone, and that scares you. welcome to following Jesus. Um, and So Lord just come by your Holy Spirit speak to every one of us about just one little thing that we could respond in obedience to you with this morning that would lead us into places of, of growth and, and we would feel a bit stretched but know that we've been obedient to your promptings. Let's just listen to him and it's just little impressions or a little thought or a little just let's have a listen. What does he want to say to you?